0: Welcome to the Debbie Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board Network. I'm your host, Skip Newton. Matt is under the weather, so I will be piloting the Millennium Falcon tonight. On today's show, I will be talking about rookie quarterbacks. I'm not going to do a deep scouting dive. We'll get into that in future podcasts when Matt is back. And, of course, you can always get in-depth information on all of the rookies on the Monday stream of this podcast, of course, on the RBB Network with Matt Hicks and John Lobb. They're coming at you every Monday. They're talking about rookies from now until the draft, so you do not want to miss an episode there, and I'm sure the Dynasty guys will get into it on Wednesdays as well, so plenty of deep analysis coming on rookies, but today I'm going to focus on landing spots for the quarterback needy teams. But first, as you already know, it is draft season. Get ahead of your league mates with in-depth and consistently updated rookie rankings, supporting Dynasty and Devi rankings, the 2024 Rookie Guide, and access to the RBB Discord where you can get personalized trade, draft, and roster construction advice. The Rookie Big Board is a proven resource that was way ahead of everyone else on Justin Jefferson, identified Puka Nakua as the best sleeper prospect of 2023, and helped patrons get great fantasy football value on Justin Herbert, CeeDee Lamb, Chris Olave, Sam Laporta, and many, many more. You can get access to rookie big board resources for as low as $5 a month or save 15% with an annual subscription. That is cheaper than buying lunch for a family of four, as I learned last Saturday. All right, some quick Devi news. Quarterback Cam Ward has decided to return to college after he initially declared for the NFL draft and is committing to the university of miami so big commitment there it'll be exciting to see what he does in his final season in college coming up next fall so excited to see that i think cam Ward is definitely somebody we need to keep an eye on another quarterback JJ McCarthy of the national champion Michigan Wolverines declaring for the NFL draft we'll talk a little bit more about him later and then a couple Pieces of key running back news: Travion Henderson returns to Ohio State, so quite a surprise there. I think he had every opportunity to be the RB one in this class, but he had other reasons to to go back to Ohio State. Who knows? Maybe he wants to win a national title. And then Quinchon Judkins, a big, big a rookie or excuse me, freshman season a year ago, came back this year. Started slow, started to pick it up at the end. Transfers from Ole Miss to Ohio State. So two running backs at the Ohio State, which it will be very interesting to see, you know, in the fall how that plays out. So something to keep an eye on because both of those guys are definitely Devi worthy and should be in the conversation for tier one running backs in the 2025 class. Before I get into quarterbacks, I also want to quick talk about a couple of rookie wide receivers, and just you know, some things that I'm hearing, or or I think people struggle sometimes to fully trust, you know, what what people see in in rookie seasons from wide receivers. And the the main thing here is that targets are earned. Targets are not just given by opportunity, and there are plenty of examples of guys who had the opportunity to step in. And, and get a bunch of targets on their team, and they didn't get them. And that's because they weren't good enough. So when you see a wide receiver get a bunch of targets, that tells you that he is doing the things that that coaching staff wants to see, and he's earning that opportunity, and he's making the most of it. The obvious example of this is Puka Nakua. Clearly the number one wide receiver in this class. It's not even close. And yet, I feel like there are people out there that still want to come up with these reasons to rank him lower than where we should have him on our dynasty rankings. The the dude's phenomenal. I mean, he is a absolute stud wide receiver. He should be easily in your conversation for top five dynasty wide receivers. And I'll I'll say it this way. And I've heard this on on other podcasts. I've seen this on Twitter. and, And it's a great point. If this if this season that he just had, if that's what Jackson Smith and Jigba had put out this season, where would you have him ranked? You'd be talking top three. You'd be saying he's right up there with Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, and and Jamar Chase. So if that's the case for for a guy like JSN, it should be the case for Puka Nakua. Don't put him down just because he was drafted on day three. That doesn't matter anymore. He's proven that he is legit and he's here. And the other thing I've I've heard, like one of the reasons is, well, this is just what Matt Stafford does. Uh, no, again, targets are earned. If if Puka Nakua wasn't good, or let's say let's say he got injured in the in the preseason and couldn't play, are you are you telling me that that another guy on that team like Ben Skoranek, would have stepped up and put up fourteen hundred yards? Of course not. And why? Because they're earned, and he's not good enough. Puka Nakua is good enough. So, enough with this nonsense. He's a legit tier one wide receiver, and we need to learn from history and stuff like this, because there were people that did this exact same thing a couple of years ago with Amon Ross St. Brown. He had a awesome first season, his rookie year. It started off slower, but by the by the last half of that season, he was an absolute target. Hog and people tried to to spin it off and saying, well, he's only getting that because T.J. Hawkinson is hurt and DeAndre Swift is hurt, and so they got to throw it to somebody. No, they threw it to the guy that's uber talented and earned it. And what has happened since then? He's continued to get all those targets. It doesn't matter who else is there; he is the best player in that receiver room, and he's proven it ever since. So again, just because a guy's drafted later. Doesn't mean we just immediately dismiss him if what we see on the field proves that he belongs. And so please, please, please remember that both with Puka Nakua and then in the future with guys that that might do this next season. And and my final thought on this, my final example is Reishi Rice in Kansas City. Again, about midway through the season, all of a sudden he started getting seven, eight, nine, ten targets a game, and and he was clearly. If not the the number one option for Mahomes, he was the, the 1B to Travis Kelsey. And again, that's because he's good and he earned those targets. And they said, you know what? This guy belongs on the field and we need to get him the ball because he's making plays. And this is what we wanted the year before from Sky Moore. But he never got the targets and he still isn't. And even though the opportunity was there, it never happened. And why is that? because he's not good. I mean, I'm done with Sky Moore. He's had every opportunity. He just He's just not good at football. Like He's never going to be that guy if he hasn't proven it right now. So that is my spiel on these rookies and targets. So hopefully everyone has learned a lesson from that. All right, let's get into those quarterback landing spots. And the reason I'm focusing on quarterback is because There isn't a ton that's going to change in free agency with quarterback like there are at the other positions. I mean, free agency comes, you know, middle of March and we get a solid six weeks or so before the draft. And so that that allows for a lot of movement with with running backs and wide receivers and and even tight end. And that that can change, you know, the, the landing spots for those positions. But quarterback, it's a pretty small list of, of free agent quarterbacks that are going to truly make a difference come draft night. So I think it's safe to talk about those now. The, the obvious one is, is Kirk Cousins. I'll get to him more in just a little bit. But starting at the top of the draft, we have Chicago, of course, sitting there with the number one pick. They've got fields, so they've got a huge decision to make. I'm not here to speculate on what they're going to do. I'm here to just talk about the landing spot. If they decide that they're going to trade fields and take a quarterback at number 1, probably Caleb Williams, then honestly, I don't think that has a real impact on my ranking of whichever quarterback goes there. I'm I'm fine either way. Historically, Chicago's not been the best landing spot for for quarterbacks, but you know, they they do have DJ Moore. They and I'm sure we'll add more talent around that. I think they've 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 seen that need, and I'm okay with that landing spot. It's not going to make me like a guy more. It's not going to make me like a guy less. Washington is coming up next. the The big thing here is the head coach. You know, anytime there's a coaching vacancy, then we need to see who gets hired, and we can really start to speculate on what their philosophy is and and how they they run an offense especially if it's an offensive minded coach if it's a defensive guy that gets a little tricky now we got to wait for the offensive coordinator and it, i think that's a little bit harder to judge but the one thing in washington i do like are the are the wide receivers you know Terry McLaurin Jahan Dotson who by the way is a buy i was in a league just today a guy threw him onto the trade block with a bunch of other people and said i will take any third round pick for any of these players. And so naturally, I, I threw out a third-round pick from Dotson, and he took someone else's third-round pick. So that was a, a miss, unfortunately, for me, but that, that's an easy buy. And then they got Curtis Samuel, who's kind of one of those do-it-all type guys. That's a nice nucleus for a, a young quarterback to walk into. So if they hire the right head coach, that that offense could, could not only turn around quickly, but... Could be could be a, an ideal landing spot for for immediate success. You know we don't know what they're going to do with Sam Howell. He might end up somewhere else. I mean, again, that, that's what the new head coach is going to figure out. So just a, a possibility there. My gut tells me they're they're they are they they can not pass up a, a quarterback when you're when you're drafting that high. So that's that's what I'm thinking as far as the the Washington football team there, the, the Commanders. New England is sitting there next. I think everyone realizes it's it's an obvious need at quarterback. I'm gonna I'm gonna be blunt. the the landing spot does not excite me much at all. There's not a ton of talent. I do like Demario Douglas, but he's certainly not you know one of those wide receivers that's gonna immediately make a quarterback so much better that you get excited about it. And, and they need they need to to add talent all around on that offense. And we don't know what the new coach Mayo's gonna do. We don't know how that's gonna be. We're so used to the the Belichick system. So that one will will make me a little uneasy uh, if New England is the landing spot for a rookie. Next up is Atlanta. Of course, they're drafting eighth and another one that depends on the head coach. But we all know that the talent is there for success. We're all happy that they're getting a new head coach you know with with Bijan with London with Pitts you know they've spent this high draft capital on those other key positions and they're ready for that success it's just a matter of getting the right coach in there and then the right signal caller to to make things happen there's been a lot of rumors with Atlanta if they if they don't trade up to get one of those top three, and I do think they would need to trade up to get one. I, I don't see any of the top three falling. Talk more about that later. Then people have gotten excited about the fact that they might go after a Kirk Cousins. And so let let's talk about that for a second. Everyone knows I'm a I'm a Vikings fan, season ticket holder, diehard. So I do I do hear a lot about this topic locally, and from from everything i'm hearing and believing i i think the i think the vikings are going to bring him back i just i just don't think an organization gets better by letting a a good quarterback go and yes he's 36 you know next august and yes he's coming off an achilles the achilles doesn't concern me as much with cousins cuz he wasn't mobile to begin with so whatever right i mean he 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 loses mobility that he never had potentially I'm okay with that. I think that the key there is that if they can if they can sign him to the right deal, a, a two-year extension, maybe three years, that doesn't necessarily eliminate the Vikings as a landing spot for a rookie. It just gives them some options and they don't they don't have to overcommit. But back to the topic of landing spots, the Vikings are maybe the the best one out there. And I threw this by <laughs> the other RBB guys just to make sure I wasn't a homer. And and they they back me on this. You've got Kevin O'Connell who is definitely a quarterback friendly head coach. Everywhere he's gone, the offenses have 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 produced good quarterbacks, including Kirk Cousins back in in Washington. So this is a reunion for those two. And I'm confident that that he can develop a a young quarterback and and the success can be pretty instantaneously once that quarterback hits the field. Ideally they have Kirk Cousins for next year and a rookie can sit and learn and then they can make that that decision for 2025. But you know you got Justin Jefferson, you got Jordan Addison, you got TJ Hawkinson, I mean and they pass the ball a ton. So this is this is the ideal landing spot for a rookie quarterback, even if you have to wait a year if they keep Cousins, which, again, I'm predicting that they will. All right, next team, the Denver Broncos. I think they've pretty much burned that bridge with Russell Wilson. That That's not going to happen unless they really find a way to resurrect that relationship. That's going to be a challenge. And the other challenge is that, they are really stuck on his salary cap and his situation there. They if they cut him, they're going to have to do the the post June 1 cut to spread out a huge salary cap hit which I think is almost like 35 to 40 million each year. So that's that's a crazy bullet to bite for two years, but maybe they do that. Trading him is is really tough because then you can't do anything post June 1. So now you're stuck with the huge cap hit this next season, you know, the 2024 season. So yeah, I don't know what they're going to do, but you know, to, to stay on topic, let's say they figure that out. They, they've, they've got some, some nice things in place, some nice pieces. You know, there were trade rumors with the wide receivers, but both Judy and Sutton are still there. They're both signed for next season. So I could see that being an attractive landing spot as well if Denver finds a way to to move up and, and get their guy, or maybe they settle for the the second tier quarterback. So something to something to think about there. I, I do think Denver would be a, a little bit of a bump up in my rankings for a, a rookie that lands there. And I I will just throw this in there right now. Landing spot matters. It's huge. So I don't want people to to dismiss this stuff. I think it's very important. I think we all in in our dynasty leagues, we all need to do this analysis and really say okay, which landing spots matter the most and how much is that going to going to increase or decrease where I have a player. Uh the Raiders are next, you know, Las Vegas. Honestly, they don't really have an impact on my ranking um I'm not gonna get excited about the landing spot, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drop a guy either. You know, they're still trying to finalize their head coach. I think a lot of people want to see Pierce stay there. He's a defensive guy, but I think they showed some things at times offensively with the limited resources they had. Where it's it's not gonna be the 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 death of of a prospect to, to land in in Las Vegas. So I'm I'm okay with that, but I'm not, I'm not gonna move a, a guy up or down either way. And the last team I'm going to talk about, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, they don't draft until pick number 21. They're still saying the the right things about, oh yeah, we, you know, Pickett's still our guy. I don't buy that, not even close. I think they're ready to move on. But a nice landing spot. Right there with you know with Deontay, you've got Pickens, you've got Friermuth. that's a good nucleus. And who knows if they can add a, another piece, you know, later in the draft, or they can add one in free agency, but that has potential there. They got a nice one-two punch at running back with Harrison Warren. I mean, that's that's set up for success. They I think they just need the right guy under center. So I I would definitely feel good about a quarterback that lands in Pittsburgh. All right, I'm going to discuss these rookie quarterbacks, the specific names, in just a minute. But first, I want to make sure you know that the Rookie Big Board is now partnered with Underdog Fantasy Football. This is the best app for fantasy contests. They are running 2023 NFL playoff contests as well as daily contests for the NBA, NHL, and more. You can join the RBB crew on Underdog by using the promo code RBB. It will get you a 100% match on your first deposit and help us grow. And like I've said before, because I, I play on on Underdog every weekend, and I can tell you this, they will come out with these basically free plays where a player, you know, like Matt, it was Matt Stafford, where if you if you got on within a certain amount of time, I think it was like an hour, all he had to do was, was pick over for .5 yards. And, and you won that piece of your your bet. So really, you've if you do a two for two, you've got a fifty percent chance of hitting instead of a twenty five percent chance because they're giving you one side for free. I mean, that's that's as good as it gets. Every time they do that, it, it makes me a winner, and I love it. All right, rookie quarterbacks, really quick. Again, not gonna get into the big scouting on these guys. Just kind of give you my tiers. We'll talk more about them in, in detail between now and the end of April you can count on that Caleb Williams is still my number one I know there there's some concerns I think about you know where's he at as far as just the the mental side of of being mature and is he le- is he ready for the NFL he's young all right he, you know, he he hasn't been in in college that long he's been out of high school you know the the minimum number of years so I'm willing to to ignore that because of everything else that I've seen, the arm talent, the ability for him to make plays, you know, off platform and just, you know, buy time, move around and and make throws that look impossible. I mean, the guy is just a total playmaker. If you want the the comp to a Pat Mahomes, I think that's that's it for him. I mean, that's Caleb Williams looks like that when he plays. So that's why he's my number 1. My number two, and this won't be popular with some people, is Jaden Daniels. Uh, talk about an elite talent, talent, and, and just a stud. I mean, you do not see guys in in Power Five schools that put up the season he put up, and and typically bust out in the NFL. Not not like he did. And the the comp here is is Lamar Jackson with that rushing upside, except he's more accurate of a passer. I mean you know take you know we we all love Lamar Jackson for what he does on, on on fantasy but there are times when he just misses guys because he's not as accurate but you're willing to overlook that for everything else he does I mean his leadership his athleticism the running ability all of that makes Lamar Jackson the great quarterback that he is and and one of the reasons why Baltimore has a great chance to go to the Super Bowl and win it but Jaden Daniels is is right there. He's, I mean he's he's been in college a little bit longer, but he needed that to develop and mature. And I, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. And man, again, he, he's a thousand yards rushing, waiting to happen. And then you've got the arm talent on on top of that. I mean the sky's the limit for Jaden Daniels. And then of course the, the last guy in tier one, Drake May. I mean just Ideal size, the skills, what you're looking for in a passer. He does have mobility. I mean, not going to get you the huge rushing yards, but he's not a statue. I mean, he can he can be mobile. So you, you got to like what, what Drake May has put up at North Carolina. Huge tear break at this point for me. Then you get into that next level. You know, you've got J.J. McCarthy. We mentioned him. He, he went... He went pro. Announced that after winning the national championship. You got Bo Nix, who I believe is going to be 24 going to next season, and then Michael Penix Jr., who looked great in the national semifinals, not so great in the championship game. You know, there's a reason why these guys are are in that second tier. They've they've got some things that are really good, and they've got some things that that are concerns. JJ McCarthy and I am sure we'll get into a future podcast argument on this. I'm going to set that up and we'll let we'll let Matt Hicks take one side and find someone else to take the other side, but the concern I have with McCarthy is he wasn't asked to really do a whole lot at Michigan and if they're not asking their quarterback to to make big plays, to be the leader, why is that? I mean, I I get it if it's the system, then so be it, but then we haven't really seen what he can do when he's in a completely different system. And is he up to that task? That That's the concern is I I want to see it in college, at least for a year, that a guy can put up, you know, huge passing numbers and, and be the main part of an offensive game plan. And I just haven't quite seen that enough with McCarthy. He had a couple games this season where, you know, he, he topped over 30 attempts. But, like, oh, I think it was only thir- three times, and that's not a lot. Nix, the age is a concern um obviously he he really went nuts when he got to Oregon so that was good but you know we have to see is is he ready for the NFL can he make that I'm not a fan I'll be honest if he ends up on my Vikings while well, I love the landing spot I'm gonna be disappointed and then there's Michael Penix Jr I think let me rephrase that I know Matt Hicks has brought this up in one of his podcasts I, I'm I'm positive of it. The injury history is a concern. And what, what Hicks has said, and he's 100% right, is it's not one of those things where the injury history will make NFL teams move him down their list. It will make teams take him off their board completely. He's had, I believe, four season-ending injuries, You know, a couple of knee, a couple of shoulder. That is a huge red flag. And I'm... I'm not buying that. I just I think that's a recipe for disaster. So that that's my concern on Penix, and then the sleepers who uh, these are the guys that you really can really get excited about if they get that right landing spot. Michael Pratt is one, and Spencer Rattler, man, both of these guys put up some some good numbers in college. Rattler, of course, was the five star, and he he got replaced by Caleb Williams at Oklahoma. But quietly moved on to to do pretty well at South Carolina. So Rattler is is an intriguing prospect because the talent is there, and maybe it was a maturity thing for him, and maybe now that the the, the cameras weren't on him as directly and, and people weren't really talking about as as much the national spotlight, he he figured some of that out. And and you know you're watching video of some of the wide receivers at, at South Carolina some some film and there's definitely guys to watch there all of a sudden you're like wow this guy is a little bit intriguing because man he can still fire that ball in there and so I am I'm I'm kind of optimistic on Rattler especially because his value is so low now and I think that's a that's an opportunity for for people to perhaps take advantage of of people in Devy leagues who are done with them right they're like, nope, we saw this guy he dropped way down I'm out on him. maybe, maybe not. maybe we need to we need to be a little more a little more uh, willing to let go of our priors as as Matt and I talked about last week in our episode and then I mentioned Michael Pratt from Tulane just he's a gamer and he takes a beating he keeps playing, keeps making plays. I think that's an interesting set of of intangibles which matter at all positions but really at quarterback I think those are intangibles that we need to pay attention to with Pratt. He's not a little guy. I mean 6'3", 220 pounds. so he's got some size and he's got some abilities. So that is that is one where if he, you know, drops down to to day 2 of course, I don't you know, neither of these guys are going to be a day 1 guy. Look at the landing spot. That's why we're talking about this. The landing spot matters. So really intrigued with Michael Pratt as well. Thank you so much for for listening to this episode, everyone. I really do appreciate it. If you have not already, do us a favor and leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app you are using. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss any of the RBB action. We will talk to you next week. Have an awesome weekend. Take care, everyone.